Good evening to the listeners and welcome to this speaking interview with your host, Anthony Drago. As usual, it's always a pleasure to spend an hour or so with you on, um, on this speaking interview on a Wednesday night. You might be listening to me on tvnradio.net or watching me on tvntv.net or on Facebook, on our TVN Facebook page, our This Speaking Interview Facebook page. Some folks get us on, if you're in Dominica, on RVR Jams, which um, plays on DigiPlay Channel 59. Thank you for, for tuning in. I always appreciate the fact that you make this speaking interview part of your weekly schedule. And I don't take that for granted at all. If tonight is the first time that you are listening to this speaking interview, welcome. And of course, my, my unveiled and a naked ob um, objective is to make you be a, a regular listener as well. We are in season 12 of this speaking interview, the third episode of season 12 of this speaking interview. And I have a very exciting conversation on top for you tonight. Uh, my guest is Mr. Ken Richards, those of you in Dominica, but in the region, because he's worked um, quite extensively in the region and internationally. You may also know Ken Richards as one of our leading media persons in, in, in the Caribbean. Uh, also, as, as, I, as we have established, those of you who heard the first two episodes, this year I'm focusing on empowerment and empowerment in terms of helping you to set your objectives, go after your goals, whether personal or business in particular, and all the different aspects of taking care of yourself. So tonight, um, our, my conversation is really with Ken, um, sort of helping us to explore our relationship with the media and where we get our information from and how we should be consuming the information we get from the media and thereby empowering yourself so you can control the influence that you have that the media has on you so we take our usual break for the playing of the tariff from anthem and uh, and then when we come back except uh this week and also just just to set the stage for the nature of the conversation somebody sent me uh, a song by a young dominican and um it's expressing um his perspective his, his experience and, and he's projecting that experience as an experience of, of Dominicans and especially youth. And so I decided to, to instead of playing the Karakamantam, to, to play that song. So, so let's take a listen. And right after that, I'll come back and introduce my guest. And you, we, we have a, a tremendous conversation in store for us tonight. So stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah, killer. Shout out to them DJs that are gonna drop this one. Fearless. Dom. Anika. I realize you victimize people with open eyes. Everyone's talking about how D is sweet, but how sweet is really sweet when hungry people cannot eat, huh? You in a system and you know you need more because you're poor. No guarantees when you walk outside your door, huh? Man going back door just to get a bread. And by the time you come back home, quarantine don't kill that dead. Still hand to mouth, no matter how hard you try. It's like everything you do in that country, it's bound to die. Huh? Red or you dead? Everybody know the thing. That's why we party and we see and we free up and we bling. People living a lie. Kahilele, Bokato, Fayan, 
cannot even speak their mind even if they're about to die down what have I really done to you? What have I done to deserve the pain that you put me through? I'm skillful with my hands and I got a master plan But I only seem to make it when I get away from you, dumb The nigga, be beautiful indeed The beauty ain't worth a damn thing to a man in need, dumb The nigga, I pray you will be free From the clutches of those that made you do them things to me I know some people listening and think I'm a clown And wondering to themselves, why is he crying the country down? But I am human with a voice that is loud And ooh, I love to speak about the things of which I'm proud 365 rivers we brag about And yet we still bringing in water on the pot Wait, 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 no need to teach Even a fool know you don't bring sand to the beach Things really hard where I from, but you tight And the type of frustration that there is not right I realize you victimize people with open eyes What have I really done to you? What have I done to deserve the pain that you put me through? I'm skillful with my hands and I got a master plan But I only seem to make it when I get away from you, Don Nigga, you're beautiful indeed But beauty and with a damn thing to a man in need, Don Nigga, I pray you will be free From the clutches of those that made you do them things to me, Don What I see in this facts and everybody sees Is who that in the kitchen that really feeling the heat It's crazy hard to live here It's not fair to see young folks hanging by their necks like human chandeliers Yes, may just be the lack of opportunity Or you just don't want to see your people financially freedom Every day I grieve But I have to find green grass and so I'm asleep The island I know I'll to also sweet and fair is not really so don't get me wrong, I'm truly in my heart, so heart, so DA strong And nigga, what have I really done to you? What have I done to deserve the pain that you put me through? I'm skillful with my hands and I got a master plan But I only seem to make it when I get away from you, dumb And nigga, you're beautiful indeed But beauty ain't worth a damn thing to a man in need, dumb And nigga, I pray you will be free From the clutches of those that made you do those things to me, dumb And nigga, from the clutches of People with open eyes, dumb and nigga. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And nigga, I realize you victimize people with open eyes. People with open eyes. Dumb and nigga. Wow, powerful, powerful song. Um, and I, 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 I decided to play that song tonight instead of the Caricom Anthem. Uh, and, and I just think that it set the stage because, you know, in, in our culture, music is part of the media that we consume. Our Calypsonians, our bands, our, our theater, everything, all of that is media that we use to, 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 to express our perspective about current happenings and how we feel and those kind of things. And so I decided to play that. The artist's name is Kenty, Kenty BNC. Uh, BNC stands for blessed, not cursed. I, I, I hope that um, you agree with me that it is a tremendous production. But, but let's go to my guest. I, I, as I told you before, uh, my guest tonight is Mr. Ken Richards. Ken is a media uh, personality, uh, a, a journalist is what I describe him, but uh, he probably thinks of himself much more than just a journalist. 
Um, he will clarify that for us. Uh, he's a professional in the field, so he will tell us what what the what the difference is. He he started in in, in the industry in 1981, and he's had a very storied and, and successful um, career. Um, he's a, a consummate professional in the field. He's worked uh, at the, at the government information service in Dominica. He's worked at the national radio station, DBS Radio. He's worked at Voice of Life. He's, he's done work. Um, remember, if, I don't know those of you who remember Radio Antwi from Montserrat, uh, a time when a lot of Dominicans used to, depending on where you locate them, Dominicans, you don't get that signal stronger than the local radio station. And they truly had regional programming. He's also worked at the Caribbean Eight. Caribbean news agency, Kana. Um, of course, we grew up again listening to Kana news in the afternoon, which augmented um, our local news. So we would have uh, a local news on the radio station, we would have Kana news to bring the regional perspective, and we would have BBC to, to bring the international perspective. And what do you know? He also worked at the BBC. So that's what I mean when I said he's a very accomplished, um, very long career because he's still active. And so I, I want you to help me to give Ken um, the warmest welcome that we have on TBN Radio, on TBN TV, TBN Media. Uh, I know I know that um, we are in for a treat. Before I hand over to him, though, as I said, um, as part of our empowerment team for 2022, a big part of what we do, a big part of the conditions that we live in and our mentality and whatnot depends on the decisions we make. And the decisions we make are so strongly influenced by what we consume in the media, what we hear on the news, what we read in the newspaper, what we see on the internet. And so, bringing Ken here is um, is part of that uh, reality. Uh, one of the things that I did when I, I first took over um, this weekend interview, I took a quick course with um, uh, Milton, Daniel Milton Alimari. He, he's a journalist trained at Columbia, and he was running a short program called Guerrilla Journalism. And, and so he, you know, go through that to help you to understand how to consume media, when you hear it, how to put it in perspective, um, how to judge it for yourself, how to do further research, and so on. So, so that is part of that. I want to get my listeners and you, the audience, to, to really, um, when you when you consume media, whether on the internet, on radio, on TV, or, or just talking to people, or even in the song that we just heard, um, to really be able to step back and analyze the where it's coming from and how you think about it, and recognize that the consumption of that media is influencing it, influencing all of us to various degrees um, in different ways. All right, so I'm going to jump right in and and, and welcome Ken. Ken, a very warm welcome to you to um, this weekend interview. Such a delight when, when Sam told me that, that, that you agreed to come on, that um, I, am, I am really blessed to have having this conversation with you. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yes, and, and so, um, you know, I grew up there in Ken Richards on the radio. You know, the icon guy um, on the radio that you, that just, you know, personality. Um, you and Steinberg Henry and you know Shevin Green, Raymond Lawrence, all of those guys um, helped train the intellect of folks at my age, uh, and you still do it. So I wanted to to spend um, 
the first few min minutes because we have listeners from who are not Dominican, we have listeners who are not Caribbean, um, and we have young listeners who may not um, be as familiar with you as we are. So I want you to spend a few minutes. I gave a little hint, very short hint of your of your extensive bio. So just introduce yourself and your background so that folks understand um, from what authority you, you speak for as you go into a conversation. Okay, thank you very much. Just one quick correction. Um, I did. I didn't work with Voice of at Voice of Life. I worked at Voice of the Islands. I know the two. Are, Voice of the Island. I'm sorry. Okay. Right. Voice right. Of the island. No problem. But yes, as you said, um, I began in 1981. I began in the Government Information Service and worked in a number of other media entities. And of course, all that helped, helped me to get quite a bit of experience. Um, for example, when I finally reached, I, I did courses along the way, but when I finally reached at the BBC, um, you had a situation where you were working, yes, but you were also being trained as well. So every now and then they would put aside a day for you to get more knowledge, get more experience and that kind of thing. Um, in fact, they actually had three main training sessions, the basic ones, the first one, the second one, it got a bit more advanced, the third one was a bit more advanced. And along the way, if you felt there were training going on and you wanted to be a part of that, you could always ask for that. So yes, um, the, the point is you really need to get the training in terms of journalism because that puts you in a much better position to deal with the situations that you have. Right. And you say you got that training while you were at the local radio station? Um, along the way. For example, um, I think when, when I was um, working with DBS, we got a, a UNESCO guy who came down and gave not only DBS, but gave Dominican journalists um, um, good training and so on. His name was Dick Henderson, and um, <laughs> he was very good, but he was saying something because he was training us for radio, and he was telling us something that I felt a little bit to swallow because he was making a very good point, but he was saying, look, this is radio and you have to have short sentences because if you have long sentences, the listener might not be able to take all of that in. If it's a newspaper, it's all written, they can take the time and read it. But the point he was making is that, I think he went a bit overboard. He was saying every sentence that you write in that story must be a short sentence. And to me, that after a while would sound really monotonous and not get the story. And I was very young at the time, I have to tell you, I was still learning and so on, but it just didn't sit with me the way he was saying it. So I, I said, why not, you know, intersperse? Yes, have generally short stories because people are listening and they kind of take in everything, but you need a longer sentence here and there to balance the thing. And he actually agreed in the end. You know? Right, right, right. And, and I guess um, we in a British education system, um, 
we we were taught to to be able to analyze more complex communication. I I went to college in the U.S. and um, well, that's one of the things I found that um, in education in the U.S. there is almost an overemphasis on simplicity. Um, it works because I guess they're the leading industrial country in the world. <laughs> Some I argue, um, but there 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 was it, it took some getting used to um, coming from writing stuff in chemistry for for Felix Wilson to coming to my engineering professors in the U.S. where the basic sentence is what they're looking for. Um, there was I so, so I identify with that. So. That kind of training you, you you said was was key was key to that. Uh, I, before we jump right in, um, you are the founder and CEO of Oscar Radio, right? Osa, Osa. It's all it's all straight audacity radio. All straight audacity radio. Audacity radio. Okay, so that is exactly what I want to do. Right off the bat, mm -hmm. um, before we get too deep into stuff, I, I want you to tell people what you're involved in now and how they can find your work. Okay, basically the last job I had was with WinFM in St. Kitts and Nevis. And when we parted ways, I came down to Dominica. I'm at my home with my family. So... I was sort of relaxing for a little while. I have four kids, well, four kids, four big people, they're big people now. Um, three of them in England, and the eldest, Malcolm, is in Dominica, right here. Now, the youngest boy is called Jared, and he kept on talking to me from London and telling me, so, Daddy, what are you going to do now? You're retired, and so on, and so on. And I'm telling him, I'm having fun, Jared. I'm relaxing. I've worked hard anyway. He said, why don't you set up your own radio station and so on? And people in St. Kitts had been telling me just that because I didn't leave St. Kitts right away, even though I was moving out. I stayed there a little while still. And people who know me on the street, they would say, so we went into here, your radio station. You're going to have a radio station. And I wasn't taking that very seriously at the time. but. When Jared told me, oh, daddy, we can work on it. And he he's a, a computer whiz, so he knows how to do things. So I said, well, look, if you take the technological part of it, I'll take the broadcasting part of it. And that's mm -hmm. how it, it began. That's how it began, actually. <laughs> so it's, it's called, yeah? Uh -huh. Go ahead, go ahead. It's called, it's called OSA, and we have the radio station 24-7. So mm -hmm. there's stuff playing all day long, a lot of music, information bites, and well, the news you know about now. We have um, three news packages. It's called the Caribbean News Roundup. And we have it on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I disseminate it to a number of stations and others who were interested in doing it. So I run the news on our station, but I also make it available to the Dominica Catholic radio station. Um, I give it also to a radio station called Voice of the Caribbean in St. Kitts and Nevis. The guy who owns it, 
he also has a radio station, an online radio station like what I have, but he's a lot more advanced because he started that before. We worked together at WinFM, so we were colleagues. He wanted the news, so I'm giving it to him. Um, Carly John Baptist, who now has Nature Isle News, it's an online newspaper sort of thing. He actually puts it on his, his front page. Um, then Radio Abba Mago, guy called Dangle Ben. Mago, Radio Abba Mago, of course, began at Granby, but he also has the station in Guadeloupe. And when he asked for the news, he actually called me and asked for the news, I told him, but a lot of the French people might not understand the English. And he told me, look, there are a lot of Dominicans in, in Guadeloupe and they want to hear the news, so that will, that will be cool, that will be good, and so on. So they get that as well. And now TDN gets it as well. So I feel good. At the moment, it's, it's not a, a, a financial thing because I am not doing any ads at the moment. I do promos and that kind of thing, but no ads at the moment. And for me, it's something I love doing. So I do it all the time. The problem is it's almost a one man band. So <laughs> I have to do the news and I have to do the programming. So, but even before I thought of doing that, I had been recording music because I'm a musician as well, just to get that out there. Okay. So I used <laughs> so I used to record a whole set of, and I like all kinds of variety of music and so on. So I had a real big stock of music and a lot of it is currently on the radio station and it's, it's automatic at the moment because yeah. mm -hmm. no DJs, nobody. So it goes round and round, but there's enough music that you don't get fed up with one or two sounds kind of thing. So the music is your original production? Say that, say that again? The music that you say you recorded is your original production or you covering existing songs? Existing songs all over the place, but I do I do have original production. Original, okay. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. So, so Ken, um, with a career as long as yours, I'm sure you've, you've had quite, um, interesting moments, memorable moments. Um, like me, I, I am the host of the sitting interview and I get to speak to folks I would never um, probably have the opportunity to talk to. So I can imagine you um, doing it extensively, much more extensively than for much longer. So I know I'm putting you on the spot, but um, can you tell us one or two you know, of those types of moments, maybe who's the person that you had the conversation with that had the biggest impression on you or what story you did that was probably particularly proud of. Let's just talk about your career. You're definitely, definitely not putting me on the spot. The only problem is I have, <laughs> I have said those things before, but I haven't said it. In that's, this that's okay. Because new audience, you know, yeah. and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I started in GIS, as you mentioned earlier, and one of the things that happened to me there, uh, Lennox Honeychurch was the press secretary and I was an assistant to him. He left after a while though and other people, Steinberg Henry actually worked at GIS as well. He was my boss there at the time. Alvin Knight was there. But something that happened at GIS at the time is 
the Freedom Party government was in power and there was an election coming up, a town council election in Portsmouth and the government MPs were in parliament talking about all what the Freedom Party was at the time doing for Portsmouth. Um, you could say basically they were campaigning in, in parliament. Um, so two of them, and I don't know if you recall at the time, but the parliament was at the top of government headquarters. I don't know if you remember right. at the time. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and two of the parliamentarians, Alan Carbon and Charles Sabre, who was a senator at the time, they came to GIS. We didn't have a, a press secretary at the time. And I was the main person there with somebody else. Um, I think it was Harry Roy, he was a cameraman and so on. So they came and they said, look, um, you, you heard all what we said in parliament and so on. Um, we want you to write stories about, you know, what the Freedom Party is doing for Portsmouth. And I, we want you to write and, and say what the Labour Party is not doing for Portsmouth. And Alan Carbon had that request and Mr. Savory had that request. And I told them coolly and calmly, of course, I'm going to write stories about all what the Freedom Party government says that it is doing. But you will not find me writing any story about the Labour Party not doing stuff for Portsmouth because I'm a civil servant. I work for the government. The Freedom Party is the government. I feel, you know, very good writing stories about what the government is doing because that is my job. But I'm not going to write any stories about what the Labour Party is not doing because that then goes into a political realm. realm and I don't think I would be doing justice to the job that I was being paid to do. And of course, um, the gentlemen were not happy about that. So they went to the prime minister and told the, you know, Richards is saying he doesn't want to do the, the <laughs> he doesn't want to do the job, you know? So the prime minister said she wanted to see me. And, but apparently she didn't want to see me right away. She said she would call me when she was going to discuss the matter. So, I took my vocation and I went to Montserrat and I went to Radio Antilles and spoke to the manager and asked if they had any vacancies because I'm interested in I'm interested in working in the newsroom. That was one of my goals because Antilles mm -hmm. was the radio station at, at the time. Yeah, I remember. And, mm -hmm. and the person who was responsible at, at, at the time was Rose Willock. And of course, she asked me a question that I kind of expected. She said, where do you work? Where have you worked before? And I said, I'm working in the government information service. And she said, um, we don't hire people from government information services, you know, for obvious reasons. Do you understand? I said, of course, I understand. But I have other stuff that I have done that I can show you, which is what I did. So I got hired until it's gave me a job and I told him, well, I have to go back to Dominica to resign from the job I have now, and then I can come back and, and take up the job. And when I came back a few weeks later, Dame Eugenia called me in our office and she said, um, Richards, what is that I am hearing about you don't want to do the job 
that you're supposed to be doing. So I explained exactly what happened to her and told her, look, Miss Charles, I wrote all the Freedom Party stories because you're the government and I'm working for the government, but I'm not writing any stories. Like I told Mr. Cabot and Mr. Savra, I'm not writing any stories about the Labour Party not doing this or not doing that. That is political. And I'm working for the government, not for the necessarily for the Freedom Party. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, right. and she told me, um, but Mr. Reagan's press secretary writes all the stories, all the stories that he he does or he talks about and so on. So I cannot smile because I told her, so Ms. Charles, you're suggesting when Mr. Reagan is living, the press secretary lives with him. Are you suggesting that when you're living, I don't have a job anymore? I'm a civil servant. That is what I am, and right. that is the job. That is the job I am doing. So um, she, we argued about it a little, but I think she understood what I was saying. And in the end, I told her, "Well, in any case, Miss Charles, I'm, I'm resigning. You know, I'm, I'm leaving. You know." And I've given that joke quite a bit before. She smiled, and the smile was in essence saying, "I'm the prime minister. Where in Dominica you think you can go in media?" and I won't have my hands that I can put on you kind of thing. She didn't say that, but the smile said that. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. So I said, um, um, in any case, Miss Charles, I am leaving the country and I'm going to radio until it's to work in the newsroom with them and so on. And the face, the smile disappeared. I was going to say, I can imagine the smile. The smile, <laughs> the smile disappeared, you know. And she, years later, or a year or two later, they had, they had the government had this um, reunion thing where they were bringing in a government prime minister every month. And by that time, by that time, I'd left Radio Antilles because I had to build my house. I got a loan from the bank in Dominica, and I left to go and build my house because I had children, I had a wife, and so on. Um, so I was working at Voice of the Islands at the time, the Radio Catholic Session, at Point Michelle. Mm -hmm. And Miss Charles came in with one of the leaders from one of the other countries, from Belize, actually, the Prime Minister from Belize. And Ferdinand Frampton was the program director at Voice of the Islands. So he was showing them around the station, you know, the various parts of it and so on. And Miss Charles, they came in to the room where I was doing an interview. And she and the prime minister came in and she said, um, this is Ken Richards. He used to work with us, you know, but he just left us and he went. That was so telling. That was so telling, man. Because time time had passed, you know what I mean? And she was still looking at the situation, saying, you know, oh, basically I should have stayed there rather than left and so on. So that was mm -hmm. one that was one incident that I always recall because it was telling. I had to make a move, I had to leave the country and that kind of thing. And I had to stand my ground in terms of what I thought was a principle, a major principle. Mm -hmm. Yes, I was working in the government information service. And of course, I have to report on what the government is doing. 
you know. But when you tell me I have to go and denigrate an opposition political party while I am then, working, as then a, you'll be working, then you'll be working for the Freedom Party and not for naturally, naturally. Right. So, you know, so, so Ken, you know, it, it is so interesting that that is the first story that you that you tell, um, because. It, it tells that it's not only the current administration in, 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 in that, that put that kind of pressure on journalists. Anywhere you go to work, you're going to encounter dilemmas where you have to make judgments as a professional. Um, but folks have to have uh, that, that principled position that I am a professional, this is what I think is my responsibility, and therefore I am willing to stand on that ground and to push back a little bit because it, it's a danger um, when we don't have that. But we are at the bottom of the hour, Ken and listeners. Um, as soon as we take a quick break to recognize our sponsors, we'll be back um, to we'll be back to continue our conversation with Mr. Ken Richard, um, you know, really veteran journalist, media personnel, and then we're talking about journalism. And, and communication and consumption of of news and and how we how we can really I'm hoping we get to that how we can really relate to the news so that we understand the influence that it has on us. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey yo, this is your island empress Abia Yisrael inviting you to join me Saturday, nineteenth February on Dissect eight p.m. sharp local time. Protect our minds against this system. We got to guard our African children. See you there. If you live in Canada, the U.S., and the U.K., and are looking for Dominica products, including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts, and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop on buydominicaonline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling a wide variety of Dominica-made and Dominica-inspired products. When you shop on buydominicaonline.com, you are helping to grow Dominica's economy. Go to buydominicaonline.com and enjoy home away from home. People say I've got a great smile. Well, I have to say, this is all thanks to the professional team at Beacon Dental Group right here in Dorchester, Massachusetts. I've got world-class dental care. Beacon Dental Group has expert and caring staff dedicated to providing the most advanced and satisfactory treatment in all aspects of oral health. Their services are designed to meet your needs and give you a perfect smile, too. General checkups, cosmetic surgery, Gemini laser service, and advanced procedures, all in a state-of-the-art facility. Call or visit Beacon Dental Group today, 1026 Blue Hill Avenue, Dorchester, Massachusetts, or call 617-282-2146 for a smile that lights the world. All right, so welcome back, listeners, and thanks for staying with us through the break. I want to, to just thank our sponsors. Uh, the first one is our Dissect program on CDN TV. It's not on CDN Radio, it's on cdntv.net at 7 p.m. on a Saturday. Um, join Novelist and the guys, and they always bring a special guest and go a little deeper 
um, behind the artist to produce the music that we that that we um, that we, we we enjoy. I before I go back to my conversation with Ken Richard, is my guest tonight on this speaking interview. I, I want to tell you that um, we I really want to work with with businesses this year. Um, businesses, if you if you provide a service, I don't know it's tax time. If you provide tax services, have a mechanic shop, any kind of service or business that you're in, if you're selling products, shoot me a quick email at info info at tdnradio.net info at tdnradio.net send me a quick email i want to get information about your business because i want to start I, I, i'm highlighting businesses and, and trying to create an atmosphere where we support each other and the audience gets to learn and know more about um about our about the businesses that are available the services that are available so so if you know of a business or you run a business, just shoot me some information. I will put back out to you, get the details, and we will feature you on TDN Radio, try to help you to grow um, whatever service of business that you offer. You might be a real estate agent, you might be an insurance agent, you might be a lawyer doing immigration work, whatever. Um, just, just get in touch with us, send me an email at info at cdnradio.net and we will I'll contact you we'll take it from there and we really would like to feature um, a lot of your businesses give you that support that you need so let's jump back into the conversation my conversation tonight is with veteran um journalists and, med and media personnel um mr ken richard uh he is my guest tonight on this speaking interview and we will learning of of the, the his encounters as, as a journalist working locally, regionally, and, and even internationally. Ken, before we jump back in the conversation, somebody is asking, how do I find OSA? So can, we, can you tell them where, where they can find your radio? Yeah, I can give them the link. It's um, HTTPS colon two slashes, then OSA, O-S-A-R dot run, R-U-N. And once you get that, once you put that on, you should get it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so O-S-A-R dot R-U-N. Yes. Okay, we'll also put it up in the chat for if anybody doesn't have a pen, just to pick it up right away. We'll put it in the okay. chat. Okay, so be right before right before the break, you, I asked you what are some of your favorite memories as a journalist and what went, what came immediately to your mind? It was an opportunity where you could stand on your principle and, um, and, and, and and exercise a choice that you felt independent in making. At risk to yourself, you, you managed to take in front, so to speak, um, and, and, and anticipating the difficult choices that you, they made, be forced to make, um, you got alternate, um, alternatives, you got alternatives. But one of the, one of the, one of the things I want, topics I want to cover tonight, Ken, is the role of journalism, the role of the media in a democracy. So, so in a democracy, we have government that is in ours. We have government, we have the, the opposition, um, we, we have other institutions that support our democracy. And, and in my mind, uh, the media, journalism, journalism and news 
agencies and so on are, are a major part of that. I, I want to, from a professional perspective, talk about that role um, that the media plays in, um, in, 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 our, in, our, in our in our country. In an idle situation, media entities should try to be balanced, impartial, professional, not biased, and cover stories in a holistic way. Because there's never just one side of a story. But we get a lot of that these days simply because you actually have media entities who have taken a side. They're dealing with a particular way they do things. And they then find it very difficult to story in a holistic way and to, and to get all sides to get your audience, because that is so crucial for your audience. They have to get as many of the facts as they can. And if I am working in a place where, look, I support the Labour Party fully, or I support UWP fully, or I support the government party fully, chances are I lean towards their side and don't look at the whole story. And sometimes you have a situation where the powers that be in fact do not want you to do your journalism job they want you to do a job to promote them now that is where you come into a lot of problems and a lot of friction and i will just give you another quick example that happened to me at voice of the islands it was not a political radio station it was a religious radio station but no matter where you are, you will sometimes come across situations where it is felt you are not doing the job properly. At Voice of the Islands, we had a, a program called Political Spectrum. And I did that every weekend. And we looked at a whole lot of different subjects. And one of them that came up at one stage was mapping television and Ron Abraham, who the manager at Voice of the Islands, a priest, Father Conard, had been criticizing mapping for having porn as part of the program. And it was something that kept on playing in, in the news. So I decided to do a program on political spectrum looking at that and of course i had father connor's view ran it but i also interviewed ron abraham because he was the one who was criticizing father connor and suggesting that whether failure or unfairly suggesting that father connor is actually looking at the porn and that is why he is he's making a big fuss about it so i did the program i did the program and i carried both sides of it and you can imagine some people mm -hmm. were not happy at all because this is the, the catholic radio station and and the manager is getting blows on it and it, it was done fairly just that 
you covered both sides and that both kind sides, of thing. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that was a difficulty because you tried to have the overall picture. There was also a problem at Voice of the Island. Athi Mache, you know very well. Athi mm-hmm. is an outspoken activist and he's been doing that forever. And he was one of the guys who would very often speak on Voice of the Islands, depending on different issues and so on. And some people made it very clear. And when I say some people, some people who have clout, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Afi is a uh, communist and so on. That is what was being passed. And, and why should he have you know time to speak on, on Voice of the Islands and so on? And I actually did something I don't do very often. But that discussion was taking place live on Voice of the Islands. And I called. I called in. Made it the editor of the radio station. I called in. And I said, Mr. Matter, like any other Dominican, has a right to make his point. He will not go unchallenged. He never went unchallenged. And anybody who comes will not go unchallenged either. But you're living in a democracy and people have to be able to speak their mind, whether you agree with it or not. So that was another, I learned a lot, you know, along the way, because I'm a stubborn fellow, I think. And sometimes I will take a position, <laughs> even though it, it can be harmful, even though it can, you know, put you but in. I think, that is a, I think that is a beneficial trait in a journalist. Because a journalist has to be stubborn because you're going to you're going to get the run around, you're going to get the dust land in your face. So that stubbornness is, is an essential essential part. So so can I understand what you're saying that ideally, because you started that by saying an ideal world, but we do not live in an ideal world. And we actually live in a world now where as one of as one of the listeners says, they have alternate they have alternate facts. Um, we have fake news, we have all kinds of stuff. And so it's becoming increasingly difficult for for our, for a listener, a consumer of news, a consumer of media to be able to, to decipher if they're interested in deciphering. Um, what are some of the of the pointers, for example, that somebody who is consuming news, if I'm listening to news on DBS radio and TVN or, or whatever it is, um, one of the things is for people to know Try to understand who that media house is and, and some of the influences that's on them so you can you can take what you hear from them with a grain of salt. That's like one example, for example. Would you would you now say address our audience and um, give them some pointers as a professional in, in the field as to you know how do you approach the news, how do you consume it so that you're not being influenced in a way that that is, is that you don't intend to be influenced because a lot of times we get influenced without even realizing that we're influenced based on the information that we consume. So you, you understand what I'm asking? Just talk about yes. that around yes. that topic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. One of the problems is media entities have to try to give a proper perspective. You have to, you have a story. If, for example, um, governments sometimes send news releases or other businesses send releases, and there are radio stations who just carry this thing as is. You really need to take this release, look at it, decide what is the story, 
What is it missing to make it a complete story? And that entails having different sides of the story. Now to answer your question very quickly, if the entity, whether newspaper or radio, is not doing that and is basically just carrying a one side kind of thing, you know that is not the kind of news you actually need. You need to be able to get a sort of analytical feel that tells you, look, we went over this thing all over. We went to town, we went to country, we went to this and that, and we put it all together so you can get a wide, I used to have a program in St. Kitts called The Bigger Picture. That is what that was about. You would have an issue, but you want to develop the issue. So you go to different people who have part of that story that they can help people understand. And that is what you have to give the audience. So if the audience is getting an overall picture, they can form their own opinion. They can have their mind in terms of, look, I disagree with that, but I agree with it. And so you're helping the democratic process because you have people thinking and being able to speak for themselves. I'm very sorry, in Dominica these days, people speak from a political perspective, a lot of them, right? Mm -hmm. So if I am the leader of your party or I am, you know, with your party and I say something, whatever I say is good. I can speak the best thing, it's good. I can speak the biggest nonsense, it's good. And a lot of that is happening in Dominica today. I mean, if you just go on social media, you see some people want to basically murder one another because they have a political story and they want to make sure they give the story from the perspective of whichever political party that they're supporting. And what hurts me in that, though, right? Because, I mean, people are people. But sometimes you have intelligent people expect more from because they can think for themselves and they're in a position to help other people understand things. But me, I am supporting Mr. Skerritt, so... Anything you say about Mr. Scarry, I'll put you in your place. Good, bad, or ugly. And that is what is really happening in Dominica. Same thing with the opposition. I'm, I'm supporting Lennox Linton. Whatever he says is the best thing. If it's, if it's good, and sometimes it's good stuff. You know what I mean? But sometimes it's rubbish. And here I am knowing it is rubbish and I am supporting this thing. Instead of trying to get the narrative going in a way that people can have a discussion, a good discussion, where, yeah, we can we can disagree, but let us agree to disagree rather than to curse up people and, and character assassination. And there's just too much of that in Dominica today. I'm very sorry. And it's not only Dominica. It's not only in Dominica. It's the rest of the Caribbean as well. And that is one thing that messes up the way the media should try to put, put things in. Media people, some of us are biased too, huh? you know what I mean? And we don't carry the, the story from the proper perspective. So so can you, you think that is that citizens don't realize the consequences of, of that, that if they, if we destroy the media that we, that we really setting up the country for demise, the demise of democracy, the demise of the rights of the people. Do you think that folks really don't think that far? They're just thinking, what, what, what in your, 
in your whole experience, what do you what do you think is different? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to burst your bubble. <laughs> the the problem is right. Mm. Um, you have all sorts of people in a country, and you have, mm. in a number of cases, people who are struggling, and you have incentives. So, for example, you have a current government here now in Dominica, and the government is going around and building houses for people and making housing available to those people. In a lot of cases, these people don't see beyond that. The government is giving us housing. The government is doing a great job. Whatever you say about the government, I will defend the government totally. And that is part of the problem. Honestly, that is part of the problem. It's so, a corruption and corrupt incentive. Well, I don't know. That may be a little strong, right? Because mm. there are people who need housing and they cannot do it for themselves. You have a government that is very savvy in terms of moving politically and knowing what will entice people to support them and that kind of thing. And this is just one example I'm, I'm, I'm using there, but that is a mm -hmm. real, that's a real example. You know, there are people who will support the party in power but, because they're getting... Yeah, but, but Ken, so, so where are the journalists who, who shed in light on that? Where, where are the journalists who, like we have, we have, I have a comment that says media personnel have become too lazy to research and analyze what they accept as news. No analytical and investigative journalism. So wholesale news from GIS gets disseminated without any knowledge of its ver verification of validity. Um, there is some merit to that because I, I am not taking anything away from an entity such as MO News. MO News is brilliant. After after Hurricane Maria, she walked around with her camera and just pointed at whoever and whatever and brought it to us. And those of us in the diaspora who had concerns about Dominica were very grateful for that. And she's been able to grow that into uh, information service. I'm not called, I don't know, it's not always news, but she brings funerals. But when that becomes the central and probably the most prominent um, source of current affairs. What does that say about the, the trend um, and the people in the? So, in fact, if you were if you were not retired, for example, and and you were still active as a journalist, maybe that's how I'll phrase the question. What would you? What would a young Ken Richards do in an environment like we exist right now? That would sort of not save the day if you don't want to be a hero, but, but show a different side to journalism. Well, we live in a different era now, and um, a lot of media houses are under manners in terms of people who work with them. Sometimes the media house has difficulties, and it lets those people go because you have stuff that you can access. The internet is a big, wild, wild world. And there is a lot there that you can glean. 
it is a really good sauce. I'm not telling you all what that is there is correct or is good, but you can use it as a stepping stone to move on. So journalists who really want to do a proper job, and I'm saying that knowing some of them have not been properly trained, but some people have motivation and will try to want to do the better job. There is stuff out there that they can access. There's stuff that they can get to. Um, when I worked at WinFM, WinFM was a radio station that was popular, but didn't have a lot of money. Yet I was using the telephone to call all around the region because the news was important to them in terms of having the, the proper story. So going all over the region and speaking to professors, speaking to other people, that was a big trait of, of the BBC too. But the BBC had and, the and money. I, and at those times, time, telephone costs were high in the region, extremely high. Yep. There was no yep. WhatsApp. So, yep. so but, yep. but, but, to that, but to that point, when you say that media houses are under pressure, I go back again to the MONU's example, where the, the very landscape, the very infrastructure that exists right now, it makes it possible for someone to successfully have and their independence if that is what if that is what is desired um you know right emmanu has the largest following and she uh, and support and and, and 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 she grew that i'm not saying she might be but i'm saying that there are options that if if, if journalists are willing to explore there, there are options and not just bury their head and say well my news my news director doesn't want to run that story so you know i'm not going to run it my, my producer the pm might call and say why are you running that story or or lennox might call and say why you have that on you but that um, is a big problem that is a big problem especially for let's just let us say the state-owned dbs that is a big big problem because the people who are there who are supposed to be in positions where they can deliver and sometimes mm. they sometimes have hands that are tied and they kind of move on to do what the job is and that has been for the longest while it's not only the current government now other governments have basically done the same thing and it's a problem i don't know how you get get rid of that one one thing i can mm. one thing i was just going to say that one of the one of the listeners miss um it says that Ken has always modeled integrity. And so the word integrity has to, where does the word integrity come in? I understand, and I, I'm not making it, it's not a simple decision. You have your mortgage to pay, you have kids to feed, and your job is being threatened. Uh, so I'm not making light of that. But at the same time, I'm saying, on, on you know where is integrity on the list of priorities as a professional where is integrity it has to be high up it has to be very very high up quick mm -hmm. quick example again i like to give examples yeah, um sure. working at the bbc based in london my wife and kids were in london with me and my wife's mother passed, she died. And of course, I went to the BBC Caribbean service and told them we have a, bere a bereavement in the family. And I need to take my wife to Dominica to bury her mother. The boss tells me that I'm 
I can give you a week to go on, but, but nothing more and so on. So I come back and I say, look, if you recall, a month or two ago, I asked for my vacation leave and I got it approved. The leave would come about in two, three months time, but I have that leave there. So I want to take the leave early so I can accommodate my wife mm -hmm. to go to Dominica. And the boss insisted that you will get one week and that is all. So I left the BBC, went to um, an agency that is selling tickets and so on. And me and my wife went to Dominica. You hearing me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. We went to Dominica to bury her mother. So while I am in Dominica, my colleagues from the BBC Caribbean service calling and telling me, um, boy, they said so many things about you. You left without permission. And when you come back, they will fix you up and deal with you and so on. And so on. I finally came back and the section head who is the manager, we call, we call them section head, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, decided she wanted to discipline me because I left without permission. So I could, let me tell you something. Eh? The BBC can never, ever be more important than my family. Never, not in a million years, you know? And it went higher to the, the guy who's responsible for the Americas region because the Caribbean service comes under the Americas region and so on. Mm, right. And um, and he told me, but I mean, you just left without permission. I told I told him the same thing I told it was Debbie Ransom. She was the <laughs> she <laughs> was the manager. I told him the same thing. I you know how can I have a bereavement? My wife's mother is dead. And you're telling me she cannot she cannot go to Dominica with her husband to take care of everything. But it had a different it had a different um well it had a good lesson actually because a year or two, a few years after that, my house, the house I am staying in now, my son Malcolm, my eldest son, he was the one living there. And there was a fire during the night, and a neighbor in fact, saw the fire and woke him up because he was sleeping there. My son could have died in that fire, but he survived. But when I found out that the house, the top part of the house burned down, I had to go to Dominica to make sure I go to insurance, make sure my son is all right. We have to be, rebuild the house. The, family business, yeah? mm -hmm. the BBC, before I could ask, gave me one month passionate leave. You hear me? <laughs> you hear of me? So, yeah. so that is the that is the lesson that is the lesson I. But really you're talking about integrity, which, which is why yeah. I mentioned those things. Yeah, that is the lesson I want to. I really want uh, is a good lesson to close on because <laughs> it's flat out of time. Um, mm -hmm. That the folks have to understand that you don't always have to call. You don't always have to put your head down and take blows. Sometimes when you stand up, you get a hollow blow. It's painful, but then you. Your resistance makes it easier to get to get what is correct the next time. And so, uh, can we have to we have to close? So in your in your closing um, statement, I I want you to to play professor, you know, at the <laughs> Caribbean School of Journalism, and just just, just talk to the current um, journalist 
um, a little bit about the, about the integrity principle. Um, what what is it? The role? Maybe maybe folks don't understand how important the role that they play in in the well-being and and the outcomes and the quality of life of of, of, our, of our society. So just put that hat on in closing um, and talk talk to them for me for a bit. I deal with a lot of media from the Caribbean. And one of the things I've noticed is where you have media houses that are independent, they tend to have more leeway to do a proper job. Where you have government control, you, well, you know the situation there. I don't, I don't have to expand that. But journalists have to have a commitment. Some young people just looking for a job, they go working in a media house, they don't get the proper training. So it's kind of really difficult for them to operate and operate properly. And in a lot of cases, depending on, on even in private, you know, media houses, sometimes they get a lot of intimidation. So it's difficult, but you have to make up your mind if that is the job you want to do. It entails quite a lot. And some of that is having a bit of courage to do the job the way it needs to be done, which means expanding the story as much as you can, having the principles about not being biased, trying your best not to be biased, be fair, be professional, and work with all of these things. And even though you try to do those things, you will always get into trouble, but you have to accept that trouble is one of the problems you will meet when you're working as a broadcaster, as a journalist. When I first went, got to St. Kitts, when I was going to work with um, WinFM, um, I went to the parliament because they were having a session there. And the then press secretary of the government in, in St. Kitts and a lawyer who was supporting the, the Labour Party in St. Kitts stopped me by the door of the parliament and they were having a conversation with me. Oh, um, you come here with an agenda. You have an agenda and so on. And I think they were expecting me to deny that. I said, of course I have an agenda. I came here to put the news in perspective. And the, the problem was at the time the Labour Party under Denzel Douglas, they were spinning stories like nobody's business. And one of the things I was going to do is put the story in perspective, right? Even though they got angry. And that's why they were getting angry because they felt I was going beyond my remit instead of just taking their release and running it and so on, you know. And the team unity, which came with three political parties in St. Kitts, um, they were not getting any access to radio or those things and so on. I was the news editor at WinFM. I used to go to their meetings, and most times I was the only journalist there. They have a lot of journalists in St. Kitts, but this is the opposition. We don't want the government to mess us up and so on and go on. And do you know the team unity today? They're in power, and they're doing exactly what the Labour Party was doing. <laughs> so that is that is the that is the problem you're working with. And I understand if a lot of young people not very well trained um, run a, a, across the kind of intimidation they have to deal with. 
that they will cover a little. They have to have, well, let's say people like me then, well, not even me, but still people like, and I'll mention a few people from around the region, Julian Rogers, who is one of the best broadcasters I've ever seen. Julian had the fame of from Radio Antilles. He worked at Observer Radio. He worked in Trinidad. And Julian and a guy called Julius Gittens, who's a Barbadian as well. These guys make sure when they meet young journalists, they will encourage them. They will try to put them on the right track. And we need a lot of that from people who have experience. You know what I mean? But even with that, sometimes the young ones will get battered and bruised. And a lot of them will actually live and go somewhere else. So it's it's a real challenge, yeah? but the job has to be done and you have to do your best. Is what I'm not a professor, but that is what I would tell the young ones. That's do your very job. best. No, it's a very good advice. And, and and one of the things that you mentioned without is mentorship. Um, there has to be an a, a system whereby the folks like you who have all the experiences and who walk that road can mm -hmm. can sit and talk to those to those guys and understand them and let them understand you from someone who has had the experience and some kind of a mentorship um within the absence of an apprenticeship or, or organized training um mm -hmm. to have like a mentorship for this young generation but but ken as i said we, we we're out of time there's no way we could handle all of that in one hour um you mentioned a, a, a idea called the bigger picture so you can expect me to reach out to you every so often when there's things going on. Um, for example, if we already had that relationship, there's elections in Barbados where all the six was won by one party. I would have liked love to have the perspective and things like that. It looks like all the governments are shooting to have um, no opposite, no elected opposition. We'll talk about stuff like that. So, so I'm hoping that. Um, I have your blessing in reaching out to you when things are happening so that you can you can help um, my audience uh, to, to to see the bigger picture and let me just let me just let me, so, let me just mention something very quickly there is so, mm -hmm. there is a regional program called uh, Mequi chat it's yeah, run by by Beverly, right? Well, you know, mm -hmm. they usually have really good stuff. That is, I think you can follow them. Some of the people who are on the program is Dwyer Stefan from St. Kate's, um, Afi Mate. Uh, there's a young lady as well. They have a lecturer from UE that comes on this uh, sometimes. They have a Haitian fellow. Last Thursday, the guy they had was Professor Robert Maguire. Bob Maguire? And mm -hmm. he was, what he was doing is was explaining in Haiti. They're trying to see if they can work towards having elections and so on. But they had what they, they have what they call the Montana Accord working on that. And he explained that extremely well. So you can, that is one forum you can actually get a lot of information from. I actually did a story on, on it. Make with, yeah, make with chat. And okay. if you go on, if you if you go on Beverly's um, Facebook, you will you will see the program there. Beverly Sinclair, you will, you will see the Beverly program. Beverly Sinclair, she's been my guest. She's been my guest a few times. Um, okay. She's been my guest a, a couple of times on on this weekend interview. I, I tell you, I have 
I have some my my audience are some of the the better in, uh, informed audience because we, we try our best. Okay. Um, really to really bring um, people like you on, and so I want to tell you thank you so much for for taking the time. Listen as my guest tonight on this speaking interview has been Mr. Ken Richards, um, veteran journalist. He's the CEO and founder of OSA, O-S-A-R Radio. You can find them on osa.run, osa.run. Ken, I want, I want to tell you it's been a, it's been a pleasure, and um, I really enjoyed talking to you, and I look forward to our next conversation. Thank you so much. I enjoyed being here, too. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. And listeners, there you had it, another, another tremendous um, episode of This Week in Interview. Um, episode number three of season 12. And, and let me just repeat the, the invitation I have. If you run a business, you have a service, anything that you want to promote, send shoot me a quick email at info.cdnradio.net and I will get in touch with you. We're trying to, 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 to create a, a, an ecosystem where we support, where we support each other and um, help to expose your product and your service to the audience so that, um, we can help each other. We can, we, we can do this properly. So thank you very much. We'll do this again next week, Wednesday. Um, I, we have a business person on. Um, hopefully, hopefully and he doesn't change his mind, but um, there's some product from DCP, Dominic Coca-Cola's product that's on the market but, um, in, in the US. And so we're bringing them on to help you get familiar with what's available. And then um, we get to talk to Mr. Ivo Anasi um, next week, Wednesday. So look forward to that and have a great week. And we'll see you next week, Wednesday. Have, have fun, everyone. Good night.